Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money, whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Good afternoon. The US economy has contracted for the first time since early 2020. The world's largest economy declined on an annualized rate by 1.4% for the first quarter of 2022. Now, this doesn't sound a lot. What's 1.5% between friends? But bear in mind that the, the end of 2021, their, their, their economy grew by six just over six percent so that's quite a big drop that's like a seven and a half percent drop since the end of the last quarter now obviously there's there's been uh a few things going on in the world you know we've got the war we've got um high inflation for in america the highest for 40 years and of course we've got supply problems in china with with their lockdown going on there also the government knows that they were going to start tapering back on the spending and the issue of government bonds which was pumping more money into the country so perhaps this is not unexpected by you know people in the federal reserve and the government etc but it, it's still it's still affecting people uh because the value of their money is falling and you know the economy could go into recession and at the same time we see that uk business failures have reached the highest in 60 years. Now, I was quite surprised by this because I, I can remember times in earlier recessions, you know, in the 90s when businesses were going bust left, right and centre and people were, were literally going bankrupt that, that I, I knew personally. You know, it, it was astounding how many people I actually saw in the in the newspaper because it used to be published in the Evening Standard, uh, the list of bankruptcies, not just going through the business section, look, oh, look, oh, I know him, I know him. You know, it was quite, us. Uh, you know, and, and now it seems that uh, a rapid increase in, there's a rapid increase in voluntary liquidations. This is where businesses voluntarily put themselves into liquidation to, to avoid further pressure and debts and that sort of thing. In fact, you're not supposed to be running a business if it, if it is insolvent. If you're a company director and your business is technically insolvent, like the government is, you're not supposed to be uh, running that business. So a lot of companies have put themselves into liquidation um, and and you can't blame them because there's there's so many problems going on in the world with, with rising uh, fuel and, and heating and gas and electricity costs. You know, if you think if you're running a, you know, I was listening to some people today who run a dog grooming business, you know, their, their electricity bill for the dog grooming runs into thousands of pounds a month and it's actually doubling in price right now. Similarly with restaurants, cafes, factories, if you're manufacturing and you need a lot of electricity, you know, that, that price is going up and up and up. And you know, the question is, can you pass this on to the customers? Some businesses were saying, well, it's difficult. You know, they can't always do that. Um, you know, I've got a rental property where I pay uh, the bills for the tenants and it, it's included in the rent. And that's worked out very well for the last five, six years. But but now with, with uh, fuel prices going up, I'm going to be losing money this year. One big landlord said recently that, he would be losing hundreds of thousands of pounds this year. Now, you can't immediately pass it on to the tenants because they've got an agreement, six, 12 months. Yeah, maybe you can claw that back later on with higher rate rent increases if the tenants can afford it. 
you know, and if you put the rent up and a tenant then decides, no, they're, they're going to leave, they're annoyed that you put the rent up, then you could have a void of a month getting a new, a new tenant in. Then you might have to pay an agent. So you, you might have lost, let's just say, a thousand pounds and you've only put the rent up maybe by 50 pounds a month. Well, that's only 600 pounds a year. Uh, and, and you've lost a thousand pound in voids and costs and, and, and maybe more. So you've got to, you've got to look at that. And, and some landlords don't put up the rent for that very reason. They, they have maybe a modest increase, you know, but not all landlords are these greedy fat cats that, you know, people uh, portray in the media. A lot of them are small landlords, one or two properties. The vast majority of buy to let landlords have, have one or two properties. And I'm talking about properties. Um, prices of properties in the UK still seem to remain buoyant. Uh, well, of course, agents would tell you that. But, you know, I've got friends who are estate agents and they said, well, uh, there's still a shortage of the three and four bed houses, the family homes. You can't get enough of them. But flats have suffered and the market has definitely slowed down. Uh, solicitors have told me as well that handle the conveyances that the market has definitely quietened down. Uh, it's not going to decline yet. It's not completely ground to a halt. But the signs are that it, that it is slowing down. So we see signs in America that there could be there could be a recession, but it's not a full blown recession at the moment. You'd need several quarters. Now uh, it's either two or three quarters of consistent uh, GDP drop, where the GDP goes into minus for not just one quarter, but for for several quarters. Uh, and and if you have that situation, then it's officially a recession. But other people grant look at a recession in different ways. And certainly if you're feeling a recession in your own pocket, your own economy, your own new economy, then you, you really know what it's like. Um, but yeah, business failures are, are up. Uh, and, and sure, the, the increases in the basic utilities and basic food items is no doubt sucking money out of people's pocket. And that means they've got less cash to spend on the luxuries, going out to, to a show or the cinema um, and, and, and eating out, etc. All these things will be affected. And then the businesses have got the double whammy of their costs of going up as well. So they have to put their prices up, which makes it more expensive to do that. So it's a vicious circle, this, this inflation. Now, the World Bank have talking about food inflation. The World Bank have actually warned of um, a, a human food catastrophe with, with the war in Russia and Ukraine going on. Uh, they said here uh, food prices at the highest since UN food index records began 60 years ago after jumping 13 percent in just March. Food commodity prices already at a 10 year high. And that, that was before the war in Ukraine. And, and even wealthy countries like the UK, I know from anecdotal ex, uh, evidence and experience that the number of people using food banks is, is rising. Uh, food banks now also help not just with food, but they give vouchers to buy electricity and gas. And our Rotary Club has, has decided that we would rather help uh, the local food banks than send money to Ukraine, where, frankly, millions and billions of pounds are going into that country. And, and it's, it's a little bit chaotic at the moment. Uh, so we, we are actually at the moment giving to our local food bank because people here are, are, are really suffering with, with, with poverty. The Office for National Statistics reported that uh, nearly one in five people are now borrowing more than they did uh, a year ago. 43% said they would not be able to afford to save money in the next 12 months. And that's a big problem because if you haven't got any savings, you've got no backup if things go wrong. 
you know you've got no uh, support there and, and you know when when i say when things go wrong if uh for instance you know your car breaks down and you haven't got any savings and you need two or three hundred pounds or five hundred pounds you know then you then have to borrow money and then you're increasing your debt which is then costing you interest so it's, it's, it's another vicious circle so this, this means higher personal debt for millions of people and lower savings. That's less security, lower savings. And we saw this during lockdowns when people were made redundant or laid off. They said, you know, that they some of them looked like they're in their late 30s and 40s. They've been working in that company for years and years and years, maybe 10, 20 years. But they had no savings behind them to pay for the next, you know, the, the, the bills after the following month. So they could survive the end of that month and after that, they're, they're stuffed so that's a technical term by the way stuffed it means they're they're, they're kaput you know they, they haven't got the money they're they're a couple of paychecks away from bankruptcy so that's quite a serious situation so um that's what's happening uk inflation is running at seven percent per annum up from uh, less than one percent just in, in, just before the pandemic in, in february 2020 the inflation rate was you know almost at zero it was less than one percent right now it's at seven percent, more than seven times higher than it was, uh, you know, in in just a couple of years ago, February two thousand and twenty. So you can see how the price of everything is rocketed, and it doesn't help that the, Fed, the Federal Reserve and the Bank of England have been just literally creating all this money, effectively printing money, which then means more money is chasing less goods, and what does that cause? Inflation. We, we know this has happened. We know this happened in Germany in the 1920s. We know it happened in Argentina more recently, Venezuela, Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe destroyed their whole economy. They destroyed the Zimbabwe, was it the pound or the dollar? Uh, you know, this Mugabe was a nutcase. Uh, he destroyed the whole country with, with hyperinflation where, you know, things were just going up in the morning to the afternoon. The prices were going up and you know, the cash was just almost worthless. And people from Zimbabwe told me that everyone had reverted to using uh, US dollars or South African rand. So we know what has caused inflation. But what does inflation mean to you? Well, what does inflation mean to you? It means that the, the value of your money um, is is eroded. It's, it's going down each year. So if you're sitting on a thousand, say a hundred pounds now and you just keep it under the mattress then next year that hundred pounds will be worth 93 pounds and if it continues at seven percent the next year it'll be worth uh, you know 86 pounds so and then it just goes down and down and down so seven percent is quite a high uh, number um you know o over i think it's over seven years in in uh, 10 years at seven percent the value of something will, will either halve or it will double if it's been invested at seven percent so it's it's quite a high number for for inflation. It doesn't sound a lot, but then when you think that they don't include a lot of the basic essential items that we all spend on, then inflation we know is is certainly into double figures or more right now if they really calculated and were honest about it. <coughs> Excuse me. So the cost of goods and and services. Let, let's give an example of inflation. Now I've looked this up on Hargreaves Lansdowne. Uh, just to, their inflation calculator. The cost of goods and services has risen by 49.4% since uh, 2010. Now that means that £14,000 uh, that you would have had, if, if you if you had £10,000 in, in 2010, to have the same buying power now, you would need £14,000 now. 
Uh, in fact, 14, just under £15,000. So it, it, you'd need half as much again to have the same buying power that £10,000 would have given you in 2010. Now, it, another way of looking at this is that since then, if you'd, if you'd had £10,000 uh, capital savings, your money would have needed to have grown and been invested to at least grow by 3.4% each year just to keep pace with inflation. Just not to give you any more buying power, but just to give you that £10,000 equivalent back in, 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 in 2022. So if you'd, if you'd had that money invested at 3.4%, which is not a lot, that, that would give you now 14,000, just under 15,000 pounds, right? So what does that buy? Well, it buys you the same amount it would have bought in 2010. So you're not increasing the value of your money, you're just preserving it. You know, if you, if you remember the story in the Bible that, of the, the talents, you know, that the landowner gives three of his servants talents and a the talent then was the coin of the realm at that time. A talent was a coin. I, I expect it was like a gold coin worth quite a bit of money. Uh, I don't know whether the word talent derived from that, that parable, uh, but basically in the parable, Jesus was saying that, um, that, that the landowner gave the three servants and, and one of them just uh, buried the money and, and put it in, in the ground. And when the, the, the landowner came back, the, the, the master came back in a year's time, he said, here is your money back um, and that, that, that's it. So in that time, if there was no inflation at that time, he's given him back the same amount of money that he that he had right and, and that that talent can buy him the same amount of money but the 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 owner the master wasn't happy with that was he he said no you wicked servant you know and he, he threw him out of the house and i'm not telling this as well as as uh, jesus was but you know you get the picture he wasn't happy with just getting his money back and and that would buy him the same he wanted a return on his money he wanted that money invested and of course then the other servant uh said i've invested this money and I've increased the value of it. And then he said, you good good and trustworthy servant, you, you were trusted over the, the few, and now I'm going to give you uh, power over the many and basically promoted him and, and gave him power over all of his goods. And of course his family were better off, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that, that's, that, that, were in the, that was in the days of, I guess, slavery, uh, a form of slavery. Um, and so do you, do you see what I'm getting at? That Investors want a return on their money. They don't just want to get their money back like it's been preserved in a jar of pickles and you get back the same thing as you did then. I mean, let's look at a different figure then. Let's look at a more recent figure since uh, 2000, that was 2010. Uh, let's just go back a, a lower amount of time, say from 2015, should we, we try that? 2015, 10,000 um, pounds. It, it's now, 12,700, nearly 13,000 pounds is the same as 10,000 pounds was in 2015. And you would have needed to uh, have, your money would have, again, needed to have grown by 3.4% per year. So you, you can see that if, you're not, if your money's not invested, then it's not keeping pace. Now, had you had your money in the bank since 2010, just sitting there in the bank, earning a bit of money, at you know, the Barclays or the NatWest or wherever your bank is in the world. Um, now, in the UK, rates, interest rates have been relatively low since that period because after the financial crash, interest rates come down, almost went down to zero, and that was artificial. So savers have really suffered. So if your money was earning 1%, 2%, less than 1%, 
it means that your money has not kept pace with inflation and it means it doesn't buy you the same amount that it would in that time. However, if you'd invested your money into, say, a managed fund, a good managed fund, uh, I'm not going to recommend any funds, but a managed fund that invests in real assets such as stocks and shares and bonds, had you invested your money in a managed fund or you'd bought a property, then we know that as long as the property is not some disaster property that you bought, you know, as long as it was a reasonable property in a reasonable area, we know that that would have grown over that period. And, you know, your money would have not only been preserved, but it would have increased in value. <clears throat> so people who bought properties in 2010 have seen the properties go up in value to the extent that they, their money has got a real return on against inflation. It's got a real return. So that property now would buy them more than it would in 2010. Do you see what I'm driving at here? So you're not going to be able to save your money uh, and save your way to a comfortable retirement or to wealth. You know, as hard as you try, even if you saved you know, 50% of your income, the returns you're going to get on deposits are, are not going to give you the return. Because what does a bank do with your money? The bank lends your money out at a higher rate. So the bank is getting their money from you at less than 1%. In fact, a lot of the banks in the UK did not even increase their interest rate after two interest rate rises by the Bank of England. So they're making money hand over fist. Now, bear in mind, they're getting their money from you sometimes at almost zero percent and they're lending it out on credit cards at 18 to 20 percent. So that's an incredible return. Plus, they're investing the money as well. Uh, they lend to businesses. And, and, you know, they make money on your money. So they're not give, going to give you a good return. They never will. You know, the bank is fine for emergency money, for for saving for, you know, the rainy day or for your holiday. I mean, you don't want to put your money in a property and then take it out next year for a holiday. That's obvious, right? But if you're investing for the long term, like you want to invest for your retirement or for your children's university, then you've got to put in something that will give you a return. OK, now um, talking about the stock markets, Stock markets are, are very high at the moment. You know, I'm not suggesting you go out and pour your money into the stock market. But in a managed fund, if you're putting in money regularly each month, then it, you get the peaks and the troughs. So they call it pound cost averaging or dollar cost averaging. So that, those peaks and troughs in the market work out over the long term. But, you know, if you look at the, the stock markets, you know, since the war, they've always been an upward trend, as has property. So but stock markets in Europe and Asia fell sharply this week because China has locked down several large cities, Shanghai, Beijing, you know, something like 50 million people are, are completely locked down. So obviously it's affecting uh, manufacturing and that's that's having a knock on effect on markets around the world. But they did recover towards the end of the week and they're up as, as of today. House prices, I said, are still rising in the UK. Shortage of family homes continue despite, you know, uh, recession we've had despite higher interest rates people still want those family homes and you know th there'll always be uh, demand there's still a shortage of properties governments over the decades have failed to build enough houses and social housing in particular so there, there's still a demand for property but property prices could still go through a, a little bit of a decline if if we do go into a full recession so be careful what you buy you know you make your money when you buy it not when you sell it so just be careful now, I want to give you three quick tips to kind of get control of your finances in these times of, of rising prices, right? Because we're all, everyone is suffering at the moment in, in one way or another. No one's immune for this unless you're a billionaire. 
Um, but everyone is paying a bit more for stuff. They're paying a bit more for you know, everything, petrol, food, you name it. So I want to give you three quick tips, right? Just just very quickly that you, you probably don't even need to write down. Um, but the first thing is to get control of your outgoings and you know your expenditure. Know where your money is going. That sounds a bit obvious. You know, so, yeah, well, we know that, don't we? But in my experience, not many people actually record it. That, that's my experience. I've seen thousands of people when I was a financial advisor. You know, I've written books about this, controlling your money, how to, money can buy you happiness, borrow and grow rich, uh, using leverage to make money. But not many people actually sit down and record where their money is going each month. Now, you can do this in, in many ways. You can do it on a bit of paper. You can do it on, uh, on an app. You can do it on an Excel spreadsheet if you, if you know how to use them. Um, but definitely you've got to get control of that money. So at least you know exactly where your money is going. And this is since things I cover in my smart money training courses. And I show you how to immediately get control of your finances. Get control of debt is number two. Get control of debt. Mental health and finance are, are closely linked um, according to the Mental Health Policy Institute. Now, I know this because I grew up in a family where we had uh, debt problems. We had uh, money issues. So I know that the mental health of everyone was affected in that property because there was arguments going on and those that stress filters down to the, to the kids. They, they know what's going on. In fact, there was a report recently that six and seven year olds are, are aware that there are financial problems and they're worried about money. So it does filter down, even though you, you, you know, the parent maybe try and whisper things. Well, my parents didn't actually. <laughs> they would shout about money all the time. Oh, I've got money. Oh, what have you done with the money? I can't afford this. And you know, all that sort of stuff and shout at us if we ask for something. So because they were stressed, I, I can understand it. So get control of debt, pay down the debt with the highest interest rate. Again, it sounds obvious, but if you've got five credit cards, look for the one that's pay, you're paying the highest interest rate on. If you can't pay it all down, then maybe another way of, of working it is to move some of the debt into uh, a, a lower interest rate card or, a, or an interest free card. Um, and you can also get help. Don't bury your head in the sand. Look at Citizens Advice, National Debt Line, Samaritans even. Get get advice. You know, people have actually committed suicide over debt. So, so don't bury your head in the sand. It's never as bad as you think. Get control. Number three is get control of your spending. Uh, make small cuts in different areas. You, you might be able to cut out one thing altogether, but you might be able to make small cuts in several different areas. Go to cheaper shops. Um, maybe you'll have to start using charity shops or, or Lidl and these sorts of shops but get control of it. And uh, rather than try and you know, do one big thing, look at lots of little small things. Basically try and earn more than you spend. And look, you know, if you can't earn enough, get, get a part-time job. Uh, go out to work in the evenings or weekends, do some driving, uh, start a sideline business. Look at some of my courses on how to start a sideline business. So look, check out also my five inflation busting tips and, and also try and make the most of your money, your resources, try and invest your money. Um, you know, and, and remember that there is help out there. There's a lot of stuff you can do. Look at my free content on YouTube um, and, and other channels to do like and share and subscribe. So it gets out there uh, to a wider audience. But you've also got to remember that some people are going to do work very well in a recession, in a downturn, in, in difficult times. They will actually become wealthy. So can you get rich during recessions and depressions? The answer is yes, people do. And that's why to help you through this, I'm, I'm offering a, a free money, ma money masterclass next Wednesday, 7 p.m. It's a new way to build wealth, to immediately get control of your finances and learn how to accumulate wealth over time. So I'll put a link up there. 
next Wednesday, 7pm. If you want to join for free, I'm only going to run it for a small group of people, maybe less than 10, small intimate session where you'll be able to interact with me and, and learn how to get control of your money and build wealth over time. Thanks for listening and have a, have a great day wherever you are. Enjoy your day. Have a great weekend and, and really get control of your finances. Thanks very much. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit moneytipsdaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 